You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Chris, I'm the host, and tonight I am joined by Laurie and the returning director of podcasting, Craig. How you doing, guys? Right. <laughs> it's good yeah. to be back. I'm joined by my dog, he's been barking. Alfie, he's been barking a lot. It's a wee bit of a, a trend in the podcast, because Wendy used to meow quite a lot back in the day, back when she was here. Uh, it's a bit of tradition, in fact, it's, it's a bit of tradition tonight, because the, the three of us are on for the, the first time in a, a good while, so, just like the good old days. It is. Aye, we got rid of John Pesky, John dropped him. Ah, uh, he seems to have taken a, a convenient week off this week. His bubbles burst. Yeah, I, I wonder why. <laughs> Aye, that's the only reason I'm on, because I, I couldn't stand it when Aberdeen were winning, so I thought, <laughs> right, I'll, I'll, I'll dodge it and I'll, I'll come back on when their bubbles burst twice. As well, twice in a week. You had at least one little, you had at least a little bit of a bubble burst in the day, you know. No, we were beaten by a, a bigger team in, in the big league. Well, well, we'll come on to that because uh, there's <laughs> lots of games to talk about this week. Uh, the, the, the League Cup was through the midweek, uh, the, the, the full card of Premiership three o'clock games, and uh, the lower leagues. We can finally talk about Rangers perhaps because we'll have an expert on the podcast now. Um, but first I of all, I wouldn't call myself an expert. Oh, but I don't know. <laughs> I know, I know you do have a, the lower league experience, Laurie, which uh, obviously yes. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, we'll, we'll start off though with a bit of good news because uh, although the, the the regular charity bet was an absolute disaster thanks to uh, Aberdeen losing and um, Forfar losing as well, although oddly the one team that we would expect to have lost having been one 0 down and ten men went on to win two one St Johnson. So uh, we, we we didn't do too well on that side of the, the podcast bet, but. We did have a winner on the Sunday game uh, at the Capital, thanks to our first goal scorer choice of Martin Wycorn. He scored from the penalty spot, and just to prove it wasn't just the penalties, he also scored the second and the fourth. <laughs> so, uh, well, that's another uh, 30 quid into the pot. We're up to £114 and assorted pence. That's good. So, that's not bad. That's, that's, that added to our, uh, our double from a few weeks ago. We've won both bets in one week, so... That's, that's, that's over the 100 mark already, and we're only at the end of September. So, doing well so far. Quite happy with that. Yeah, you've got you've got to be happy with that, because what, what is the target we tend to go for? Is it about 400? Something like that, right? that's, that's, we're, we're about two months into the season now, and we've got 115, almost. It gets yeah. a wee bit easier for the, the predictions as the, the season settles down a bit, because it's always a bit erratic. Yeah. The first few weeks of trying to pick a first goal scorer can be an absolute nightmare because you have no idea who you're going to pick. Yeah. Although we've been a bit unlucky the last few weeks because we, we seem to jump about with three or four different guys and they might not score first that one week but we'll move away from them and then they'll score first that week and we'll, we'll finally manage to nail one that scored first. So. So yeah, yeah, I that think was... that Waghorn's a, a good shout for most weeks. Because... I th- I, aye, because he's a penalty taker. I think a penalty taker can be, always be a good shoot. With the, the first goal scorer, especially when it's a team like Rangers who spend most of the time on the attack anyway. They do, and they don't spend a lot of time out on the wing. The the players that they've got like to cut inside. You've got Mackay and Adua like to, to come inside, and even Wallace and Tavernier like to come in and end up in the box. So yeah, I think there's going to be plenty more penalties this season. 
tell you what you should have been betting on, which is something I remember I mentioned about a month ago and stupidly never put it on once, was like after the first couple of games I noticed that James Tavernier was 5-1 to any time. You know, he's went down there. to 2-1. to one. Oh, he'll be... Aye, I was going to say he must be by now, but I, I remember I said that early in the season and I've, I'd never put him on once. But I mean, I think if if you just put that on every game, you'd be on, you'd be up a fair bit, I think. Yeah, that, that goal. I'm, well, I'm sure we'll come on to the game a wee bit more, but that goal that he scored—that's nah. that's not a right back's goal. That's a, a striker's goal. Don't what, know how he ended up there. Which goal are we talking about here? <laughs> Tavernier's goal. Yeah, he scored it midweek as well. Oh, sorry. I was meaning the game against Morton. I, you know, I blanked out the game midweek. There, we've moved on from that. Well, see, see, I'm going to move back to it because I'm going to start off with the League Cup action from uh, midweek. Yep. And the the one game I did manage to see was a live game on BBC. Although I did only see the second half, so I managed to miss almost all the goals. Uh, was the, the the action at Ibrox between Rangers and St Johnson? And uh, Craig, were you there? I was there. I, I decided not to purchase my season ticket seat. And I wanted to, to move up to the Govan rear rather than the, the Govan front for a, a wee bit of a different view. It was the same price, so I went for that. The view was nice. I, I can't say that the football was brilliant. I thought St. Johnson were really good in the, the first half, bar maybe the first 10 minutes. But other than that, they were really good. And I thought that the goals could have been avoided. I thought the, the one at the edge of the, the one from the corner kick, guy standing at the edge of the box, I seen that coming. Uh, corner before that and the, the defence were pointing at him, like shouting out and for some reason nobody marked him and nothing happened that time but then for the goal he's just standing there and credit to him for a, a really good strike but also credit to, to him for not being put off by the referee because the referee seemed to get in the way a bit <laughs> but from where I was sitting anyway it looked pretty difficult, he seemed to almost stumble over the ball as did really well and I thought there was a, a really good chance was it McLean? He skied over the bar for yeah. about two or three yards out. I heard about it. Like I say, I've never seen the first half, but uh, I think I, I managed to catch about the, the last 40 minutes of the game, by which point St. Johnson were 3-0 up. But I've seen, I, I seen the goals after the, the game had finished. And um, I, yeah, I've seen the, the actually I'd seen McLean miss, that you mentioned it. It was, uh, it was probably easier to miss, uh, easier to score than miss. Yes, so. I, well, it, was, it was a shame that you missed the first half because I think if you'd only seen the second half, St. Johnson looked pretty poor. I thought they looked pretty nervous in the second half and there was a lot of hoofs to nothing, which is surprising considering how well they played in the first half. Obviously, the, the game plan is going to come into play if you're leading by so many and it's natural to sit back and just soak up the pressure, but they just seemed, I don't know, caught in the headlights a bit. But they got the result, I suppose, so it doesn't really matter how they, they went about it. Well, yeah, I mean, when I, from what I seen of it, there was there was big questions as to why Rangers were were three 0 down. But uh, I, I mean, I posted on the forum after after the game that what I'd seen of it was Rangers looked probably like the better team, but uh, St Johnson were just the team that took their chances. Uh, yep. I, I know, I know from uh, some previous games I've seen the Celtic playing St Johnson. St Johnson are usually pretty uh, good at the the defensive side of the, the game, and they can be quite good at keeping us out. Never mind Rangers and. And obviously that did uh, help them through the, the, the week there. But uh, I mean, the, again, I was, I was talking about Tavernier. He seemed to, he still seems to go in the score sheet anyway. It was a good, it was a well taken goal. Yeah, that's why he's got in him quite often, which is unusual to see from a right back. You, you often see them hitting the line and crossing in, but but his main aim, much like uh, Lee Wallace, is to end up in the box and see what happens from there. He's got the the skills to take on a player. I, I still don't understand how he's managed to settle it right back. Uh, as 
I looked him up. I'm sure he was uh, played in goal when he was younger as well. There's, there's some guy, he could probably play anywhere. Yeah, he's certainly one of the better uh, finds that I've seen. Of the limited amount I've seen Rangers, uh, he seems to be the man that's, that's sticking out quite a bit. Uh, Wycon, obviously, he's another one that's getting on the score sheet quite a lot. But I think as far as as far as the skills go, those two are the the men I've seen. Uh, like even um, I know I'm skipping forward here, but Wycon's second goal was a bit of fancy footwork against Morton. Yes, I thought there were shades of our um, match with Aberdeen about the not quite to the same extent, but. I thought St. Johnson played the game very well against a team who just didn't look like they were quite accustomed to having to defend against um, like that calibre of players. You know, I thought it was naive at times. I thought Rangers looked at the back. St. Johnson, I thought, played it very well and they caught them with a bit of pace at the, at the other end of the park. And whilst I thought Aberdeen were kind of a bit further ahead of us than St. Johnson were of Rangers, I, I did have that kind of feeling that suddenly they were 3-0 down and it was very avoidable sort of goals at times and uh, I think it's maybe a, a complacency thing for, for Rangers they just don't have to defend much in the championship to be honest and we oh, no. have that sort of feeling about us at the start of this season before Saturday anyway One of our main strengths is the, the full backs we've got Wallace and Tavernier who like to push forward but then that can also be our weakness because yep. they're, Same as they're so far <laughs> forward that they just can't help out at the back and uh, the goal O'Halloran's goal, the one that just went over the top. It was a, a carbon copy, I think it was against Queen of South. Similar thing happened. We're, we're exposed when it comes to pace, really. Wilson's got no pace about him at all, either's uh, Kiernan. And without those fullbacks, it's just it's an accident waiting to happen. And even Morton, uh, the weekend there, the, the scoreline suggests that it was uh, a stroll in the park, but far from it, they had quite a few chances. and Again, I think that they were caught in the headlights a bit when they got through on goal. They just didn't really know what to do. I'm not sure why that is. But yeah, the Rangers are going to leak goals. We've been scoring plenty of goals, but, but definitely the scorelines flattered us on quite a few occasions in terms of the factors we've not been leaking. I think it's a, a pretty much a common theme that when uh, our teams seem to have to make that step up, they're not accustomed to the, the, the attacking uh, of the opposition that they you, you get, and when you make that step up, and what you say, when Rangers done it against St. Johnson, they were defending, and it was almost naive at times because they, they just aren't used to it. There was all that uh, talk through the midweek about how the, there's not much difference between the Premiership and the Championship. Now, I don't entirely agree with that, but I, for, if I mean, it was the, um, Warburton that was, was credited with saying it, and I can almost understand where he's coming from because I don't think there is much difference between Rangers. And the teams in the Premiership, I think what the problem is is Rangers are playing yeah. against a lesser standard week in, week out. And when they make that step up to teams that are used to playing a better calibre, they can't quite make it at the moment. Now, that's. You know it's like? It's like Celtic when they have to play in Europe. That, this is what I was going to come on to. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it yourself with, with Hearts uh, being a bit naive against Aberdeen when they, when they played them at Dinkas. So, and then, like you say, Celtic, when we played against Malmo, it was, it was almost naive defending because we're just not used to doing that in the Premiership. So it, it, it does have it can have that knock on effect. If you're not playing at that higher level week in week out, you can you can get complacent and you're not used to the kind of uh, style of uh, play that you're up against. And it can be quite difficult to make the transition. Yeah, I agree. I think Rangers are also missing a, a key player for situations like that. That we don't have a, a holding midfielder that can do the the dirty stuff. I think uh, I was quite critical of Ian Black 
when he was with Rangers, but somebody like him, even Kyle Hutton, he, Kyle Hutton wasn't the, the best, most gifted footballer, but he was good at just sitting in front of defence and breaking up play, and that's what we don't have because we're, we're so used to attacking, we're so used to scoring three, four, five goals in a game. We need somebody who can just do... Well, I'll mention Neil Lennon, but he's another example. It's somebody that you just want in your team when to soak up the pressure to provide a wee bit of support for the for Wilson and Kiernan to to provide the opportunity for Tavernier and Wallace to push forward, knowing they don't need to worry about coming back. Can I just get this right? You just not only said this is a Rangers fan said that. Did you just say that you you're missing Ian Black, Kyle Hutton? And you could maybe do with Neil Lennon. <laughs> it's not something I ever thought of it here. <laughs> I'd use Neil Lennon as an example of somebody who wasn't, again, wasn't the most gifted footballer, but he'd done the, he'd done the, the boring stuff well. He did the dirty stuff well. He, he managed to get the ball and pass it to a player who could play football. And I'm saying sometimes you need that. A Claude McAuley, I think is what we're looking at here, because Claude McAuley was kind of the, the benchmark for the sitting midfielder. Margaro yeah. Gomez. Miguel Payardo. <laughs> We've got near Peter on at the moment. He's pretty good at it. He is, yeah. Aye, that's what we need. But, well, right now things are going okay in the league, so I don't think Warburton's going to be too concerned. Yeah, just like I said, went up against the, 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 the teams in, your, in the division, you're just you're blowing them away. It's, what you say, it was, from what I've seen in the highlights, it was 4 0 to the Rangers. It probably could have been a goal or two for Morton, but no, the, the four goals were well taken. There was no doubt about the, the penalty. It was a, a pretty much a stone wall. Oh, that was a lazy tackle. Yeah. Because he, he seemed to miss with the first foot and then just swiped with the second to take him out. I don't, I don't know where I, got, I saw it, but like, sports scene only had one camera angle for that, and it didn't look. I wasn't sure if he'd actually made contact with him or not. He kind of slid in front of him. But uh, it was one of the ones that I'd seen another angle somewhere else, not in sports scene. And you could see that he did, did get him in the, the second leg. It's difficult way I do well because his legs are that gangly that he, and he often just falls over himself. So yeah, it's difficult to tell on first look. That's yeah. a problem against St Johnson. You, you promised us you were going to slag him off, so I'm, I'm waiting on us. <laughs> oh, well, against St Johnson, he just kept falling over. That's, that's the thing. And I've said on the forum, I wasn't happy with him and I'd have benched him. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people see his stepovers and think, all oh, right, oh, he's got by one man, he's got by two men, right, that's it, he's the best player in the park, we're going to play him 90 minutes every game. But I see a lot of times he, he does this stupid tap, tap, turn, tap, tap, turn, and nothing really happens, and then he ends up passing it about six foot to somebody else to play, and nothing happens. It's so He's so slow at times, and yet, on the flip side, when he's on his game, against Morton, for example, he just he seems to gallop at defenders and he's gone this way and that and nobody knows he doesn't know what's happening and then he manages to get by players. It's he's so frustrating. I don't know. I just I like him, but I just think games like St Johnson he needs reminded do a simple pass at times. It's not all about these double triple step over. Sometimes sometimes a simple pass is what gets you a goal. That's how we we managed to get the goal against St Johnson. It's because he did a simple pass. I think he was maybe two or three passes away from the actual goal, so he won't get credited with the assist. But a simple pass. I just had like to give him a wee shake and just say, sometimes just give me that. <laughs> That's what you get with these flare players. They're going to be inconsistent. Frustrating yeah. at times. Yes, very, very frustrating. But then he'll, just, then he'll, he'll do what he did against St. Johnson and hit the bar. Uh, beat, 
beat a couple of players in the box and you're just like, oh, right, oh, aye, aye, he's, I can see what he's bringing to the team. Enough of the teams that are out in the cup anyway. Aye, gonna... well, that's, that's probably covered one game of the, the midweek. The, the other games on Tuesday night, we had Dun United beating Dunfermline 3-1 eventually. That went to extra time. Uh, another game that went to extra time, of course, was Morton and Motherwell. Uh, we'll come back to that in a second. Because uh, the other games were 2-0 at Inverness at Livingston and uh, an eyebrow-raising 7-0 for Ross County against Falkirk. Uh, that's probably illustrating the point about the difference between the top division and the second tier. But uh, go, flying in the face of that was the, the aforementioned uh, 3-2 Morton victory over Motherwell, which saw the end of uh, Ian Barraclough's reign at Fort Park. I don't think anybody was really surprised after that. He's been no. he's been in a bit of trouble for a while and uh, going out to lower league oppositions always going to be the, the the big kicker. I was actually annoyed about that one because I had a uh, uh, pound of Morton winning that game in ninety minutes and Motherwell equalised in like the last kick of the ball in regular time and then lost anyway. It, it, it does. It's concerning, I suppose, from their point of view that you managed to get the equaliser and you think at that point the especially being the, the lower division, the underdogs, you know, they're going to be deflated. That's, you know, snatched away from the victory. But then they still managed to be the team to pick themselves up and um, find a couple more goals. And from all accounts anyway, they dominated extra time as well as periods of normal time. So I think it was, yeah, it was um, Louis Moult just got to go back in the end to make the scoreline 3-2. But it certainly sounded like it was Morton who took the game by the scruff of the neck in, in extra time. And you begin to wonder... You know, what what do Motherwell need then if if getting a ninety third minute equaliser doesn't <clears throat> doesn't kick them on? A new manager apparently is one thing they need. So. Indeed, yeah, Stephen Cregan. Yeah, he's, he seems to have got off to a decent start, right enough. I mean, they were only playing Party Thistle, who can't score. It's, but, uh, it's almost a guarantee, isn't it? When regardless of whether it's the tea lady in charge or they've got no one in charge, the game after a team who just looked absolutely hopeless always seem to. Put on a, you know, put on a show and somehow drag a win out, and you, you sometimes wonder, it's like, well, why can't you do that for the guy when he was in charge? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's good what you're saying. I, I quite liked uh, Craig, and I quite liked his comments uh, regarding the the managerial job, how uh, humble he seemed to be. How he talked about how he didn't really plan on getting any management, but sometimes it's fate, and it's it's not all about whether he wants a job; it's whether it's the right fit for Motherwell. And then uh, his comments after the game as well, seeing how he, he felt like the, the game had kicked off on the, the Saturday and ended on the Sunday. I thought <laughs> that was what just I just brilliant. Was the absolute opposite was Kenny Shields trying to sell himself on Sports Sound. Well, well, I didn't I hear that. that no. oh, he was on Sports Sound the day after, which he did emphasise that it was coincidence that he was on after this. He was he'd been invited anyway, but he basically he, he almost interviewed for the Motherwell job. On sports side, they were egging him on, like, but he was telling them why he'd be a good fit and this, that, and the other thing. And it was, oh, I've got no time for Kenny Shields, as people who maybe listen to this a long time ago would probably remember. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dates back to his Kilmarnock days, I've not got any time for the man at all. And Is he still working with the SFA at Stirling Uni? Um, I got the boot from, he got sacked when he was managing in Thailand, which doesn't surprise me, he gets sacked pretty much everywhere he goes. And um, somehow we let him near the yeah our young players. So I don't know what Off sort to of Thailand, aye. I didn't know he went to Thailand. Uh, yeah, he was managing Thailand. A busman's holiday. I uh, got he got the boot anyway. I think. <laughs> Kenny Shields was he? God, I 
goodness. I think it's interesting the difference between uh, him and uh, Stuart McGall, who was in sports scene in, uh, the following night, and obviously uh, he was getting linked with actually going back to Motherwell was one suggestion, uh, and uh, obviously the other uh, managerial change through the this week has been uh, Jackie McNamara being relieved of duties at the United. I don't say sacked because. He's been he stuck in garden leave. Yeah, that seems to be the new fashion in football. You don't sack a manager because you never do anyway. You pay him off, but you yeah. know you, now teams don't want to pay him off in one fell swoop, so they put well, you in garden leave to the end of your contract. See, I well, think he extended his deal though. He's, he's got a contract till twenty seventeen. <laughs> so yeah, that, that could be. That, that's a lot of money and a lot of gardening to be doing. I think that the. the this gardening leaves happened for a long time. I think it's happened for years, but we just didn't call it that. Because I, I remember Mowbray, for example, was getting paid by Celtic. I, I think Strachan yeah. was it the same. Uh, no, St- Strachan finished up uh, after his four years, but you're right about Mowbray. Mowbray was there until I think the end of the season. So I think it's just it's just nowadays we call it gardening leave, and we all we all just accept that it. it's that. Because previously I think it was just all oh, you got to pay off. But yeah, I quite liked Stuart McCall's comments. I quite liked uh, the way the way he handled the question because it's pretty awkward to be asked that on telly because you, you can't just say flat out, no, I'm not interested, or yes, I am interested. I thought he did it well. I thought it was funny when he mentioned the Motherwell fans that remember the final 12 games rather than the first 100 or so. Yeah, aye, that was pretty good. I think that the, the, the problem with both Motherwell and uh, Dundee United is that they've been downsizing for so long because I'm fairly sure Stuart McCall eventually left Motherwell because he couldn't keep getting the best out of the players when the best players were leaving at the end of every season. Mm-hmm. And he was, he, he'd done really well to get finishing the top three and then even finishing second against Aberdeen a couple of seasons uh, ago. But after that, they just fell away and he just couldn't get the best out of those players anymore. In fact, he probably was getting the best out of them, it just wasn't good enough because the players that had left were, were too important to him. And I think Dunn United are suffering for the same problem because I've seen the start of something like they've had what, 16 points at the last 72 and that's since January. I think we've lost 16 of 24 league games. Yeah, something excessively bad in there. I think that was that we've six. I think the difference with the two teams, though, Motherwell were were really punching above their weight, even with what they had. I mean, I don't think any um, you know reasonable-minded Motherwell fan thought that they could sustain that. They were he was getting so much out of players that really almost defied logic at times. Whereas, I mean, Dungeon United not only did have some really good players. When they've left, they have been pretty well compensated for them, which I think is more frustrating because yeah. you know, you're talking two million pound between Armstrong and, and Gary McKay, Stephen, plus another million and a half. So it's three players going for. Let, let's be honest, I mean three and a half million for those three players. They are decent players, but that's a good return because more often than not in Scotland, you'll lose players at end of contracts and such. And of course, Gary McKay, Stephen was, but they still got something for him. Mm. Well, he I only think, cost about forty thousand. Yeah. I think it makes it more frustrating for fans. So when you see there is money coming in, and you know, whilst it's there are debts to be paid and such, if there's very little of that reinvested, it, you can see why it would be. Yeah. And it's a team which I think, with no disrespect to Motherwell, Dungeon Knight would maybe expect to be a little bit ahead of Motherwell, certainly historically. 
And it's not, it's not just the, the players that have got the Celtic either. I mean, you're right in identifying them because they were the kind of key ones that went in January and then that's where the, the, the downturn of fortunes happened for Dundee United. But there was also Andy Robertson went down to Hull and Gold Ryan Gold went out to Portugal. and yeah. there, there has been They've grown some decent players there, but they've, they've let them go and then they haven't really replaced them. There's a couple in the Dundee United team that look as if they might be, 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 be sellable assets. I think it's the best way to describe them now. But uh, there, there's just not there's just not enough there now that lets uh, Danny United compete, and I think that like obviously the final straw was getting beat by ten men after being one 0 up. Uh, but it's been coming. It has. Um, I, th- I, I do think Jackie McNamara did a decent job at Danny United. Um, I think Peter Houston, his predecessor, probably left with the same problem. He was he was finding it hard to keep replacing players that were getting. But leaving Dunny United are getting sold, and and yet McNamara came in and he took them to two cup finals uh, in quick succession. Well, didn't win either of them obviously, which didn't help. But uh, it, it's been a, it was a good cup run. They 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 were top six again last season. Uh, they always seem to start kind of slow and 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 work their way up the league. But um, I don't. This season they seem to have started even slower than usual. And, yeah, I think he was in borrowed time. I don't think the whole McNamara getting a cut of transfer thing uh, helped. Didn't help, no, it didn't help. But even, I don't think fundamentally it was a big issue, but I think just when things aren't going well, it's the type of thing which people prey on, isn't it? Especially the press. Yeah. Um, he was never going to get yeah. back in for the fans for that one. I think that's it, it was always a difficult relationship after that. Um, it's a shame, I, I do, I, I, I like McNamara obviously as a former Celtic player, um, but, and, and his philosophy of football seems to be seems to be fairly decent, he did a really good job at Partick Thistle before he went to yeah. Dundee United as well, and um, I'm sure he'll eventually end up back in uh, management somewhere, but uh, it's, just, it's not going to be a, a, a bigger name as Dundee United, I don't think, anytime soon. I was before discussing, we... uh, sorry Larry, uh, carry on. No, no, I was going to say just... Because I felt we were maybe going to go to the other games, I was going to say whilst we're talking about sackings, it might be worthwhile mentioning the the talk which originated from Alex Smith's comments about. Oh yeah, well before before betting. we yeah betting. before we go on that, Laurie, can we stick mm-hmm. on uh, McNamara? And uh, I speak to Greg today, uh, old school uh, podcast regular, and I was talking about how McNamara had a clause in his contract when Partick Thistle got promoted he had obviously left before they got promoted and he still got a bonus for getting them promoted and we were discussing whether he managed to get, a, get the clause in his contract where he gets a cut of transfer fees and whether that continues now he's on gardening leave because he seems to mm. have a pretty good agent that's an interesting point so actually if they haven't sacked him he's probably still entitled to anything that gets sold yeah yeah. That's a very we'll good point. Hmm. We'll never know, but I just say it was an interesting thing. Hmm. Yeah, I moved on to that uh, Alex Smith and the, the Ladbrokes issue. Well, yeah, it was it, it was an odd one, I thought, because uh, he, he's obviously the Scottish League Managers Association head, isn't he? And he, des- mm-hmm. and he described it as undignified and unfair. Um, I, I mean, it was a lot of relating it to the fact that Ladbrokes run that market but I just find it a bit of an odd thing because it's obviously anyone who knows anything about betting will know that yeah bookies will take bets on anything really mm-hmm. yep. and they'll take bets especially on things that they know people will <laughs> hand over money for um, it, it just it just seemed a very odd statement I thought to, to come out especially when 
you know, took us so long to get a bleeding sponsor, and now we've got one in the. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know what your thoughts on are, but I think if if you're in, if you're if you're in football, if you're a player, you're a manager, if you're in, a, a, you know, a sport, this is just part and parcel of, isn't it? Whether you're, I, I do hate that term well, as well, but it's just what so. you have to deal with, isn't it? Yeah, I think you're right, and I think one of the key things is we. We call it the sack race. That's one of the, the terms that's bandied about for that market. But at the end of the day, they're not really getting the sack, are they? They're, they're told, they're told. Yeah, they... by the way, you're going to get paid for the rest of your contract if you just go home and sit. Right? See, if my boss said that to me, I'd say, fair enough. I'll go home and I'll sit and I'll get paid the full salary for the rest of my I th- contract. I think that's part of the difference. So is, I don't, well, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not on a, a contract uh, or no. a fixed term contract. I'm on a... I've got a contract, but I've got a a, a a term of how long I need to pay. I know it's period. That's what I'm looking for. So aye, that's I'm, the same with me. Aye. Yeah. So aye, so, I, I, so the only time I could I could end up in gardening leave is for that notice period, which isn't like six months or twelve months, like the, in the case of McCoyston and thing. And I don't know what McNamara's contract will say, but it's it's certainly a, a different scenario. I mean, I'd be I think I'd be four weeks or something if I was notice. But if you were terrible at your job. Yeah, well, that's that it. I, mean, be, I think that's the difference. That <laughs> I think, I think if, if I was to leave my work today, I would need to hand them a notice and I'd work those last four weeks. But if I was to be sacked, then I would, it would either be gross misconduct, maybe. Yep. You can actually be sacked and that, that scraps that notice period and you'd be like, go immediately. But if you were just, I don't want you to do this job anymore, you'd either, they'd either have to make you work your notice period for those four weeks, or more likely, they stick you in gardening leave for those four weeks, because they don't need you in the, in the office or whatever it is you do anymore. Yeah, Jack and Mara will get paid, if they get rid of him, he'll get paid for the next two years. Yeah. It's not, it's not a, like, yeah, it's not a, a real example, really, because it doesn't really compare with us. So I don't understand why Alex Smith's trying to, he's trying to make it comparable, and it's not, because they're, they're not really getting the sack. They're, they're, they're getting paid. McCoy was getting paid all that time, and he only just accepted a wee deal just because he wanted to be on the telly again. I, th- I think it's I, the sort of thing that you have to deal with if you, I mean, you know, I think all three of us would love to be football players, football managers, and they get paid, um, not necessarily, you know, huge amounts in Scotland, but they certainly get paid more than your sort of your average Joe, and I think part of the things that you have to deal with if you you know have the privilege to play football or manage at football is you get a good sum of money, but you have to deal with the fact that you're in the limelight, you're under a lot of pressure, and things like bookmakers will focus on you. It's the same with the press. You're going to have to deal with the fact that if things aren't going well for you, you're going to be in the press for the wrong reasons. If things are going well for you, then it's the other way around, isn't it? Yep. Uh, I think the other problem is where do you draw the line here? It's, it's you're saying it's, it's disrespectful to betting somebody that's going to lose their job or at least be relieved of their duties. But I mean, you could equally say it could be disrespectful that you're betting on a team not winning the game. I mean, yep. is, is it disrespectful to say Raith Rovers were 33 to one to win at Celtic Park midweek? Yeah, but well, you're right, Chris. And what about, uh, for example, people putting on bets on Celtic minus three? Minus four. Yeah, exactly. You're is, is that, that disrespectful? Keeper's going to lose at least four or five goals. Yeah, it's probably stupid betting on that at the moment, given the accuracy. But yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll come on to that because we haven't spoken about the, the, the Wednesday night games yet. Uh, well, we've moved on to the, the Celtic and Aberdeen <laughs> podcast. It's now about uh, Rangers and betting. Ah, uh, well, it's all right because we'll, at some point we'll talk about Hearts and that'll bring us back to the Celtic anyway. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I. I, I that's I, I just I, I don't see you can say it's disrespectful to bet in football uh, against football things when 
but that's kind of the nature of betting in the first place. Yeah. And I think I think possibly going against what I've just said there, it's nobody seems to complain too much about the betting when they say who is going to be the next Rangers manager or who's going to be the next Motherwell manager when Alan McCoy was already still on the job at the time. And so who's going to be the next Rangers manager? McCoy hasn't even been sacked yet. Is that not disrespectful? I'd, I would I would argue that's probably more disrespectful than saying who's the next person to get sacked. Quite possibly. <laughs> I can get that point as well. But at the end of the day, as, you, as Laurie mentioned, uh, bookies will offer markets on whatever people want to bet on. You get bloody markets on what the next Royal Baby's name's going to be. and Anything you could say, McBookie, give me odds on anything. Give me odds on, I don't know, the podcast lasting over an hour tonight. <laughs> give you odds. Can you go, Laurie's on? Oh, that's... Uh... That's, that's a joint. That's a different one. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure you've done it. At some point, you asked uh, what odds you be next Rangers manager was. I was. It was next Scotland manager. Oh, was it right uh, Scotland manager? I, right, was okay. the, I was the same odds as Neil Lennon. I remember that. I think it was a hundred <laughs> to one. I did like that. It wasn't bad though. <laughs> Maybe we should ask McVicky about uh, Greg being next Mullinbo manager us. <laughs> I don't think he's got his badges, but then maybe I shouldn't say that because that could skew the odds. I'm, I'm not even sure Stephen Craig's got his badges. Well, he's is he not the uh, youth coach? So he must have some badges. Oh, right, yeah, I suppose. But yeah, I think he's he's, def- he's definitely doing that. But then, he, as he said in the interview, he didn't plan on going into management. So my base got some, but not all. So yeah. yeah, I think you get a special dispensation if you're a caretaker manager. Though. And uh, that's the other thing is um, Dave Bowman is the caretaker manager at Dundee United currently. Now that uh, McNamara's been relieved of his duties. Because obviously Simon Donnelly must have been relieved of his duties and Darren Jackson's been relieved of his. So they must have got rid of a few people at the weekend there. So yeah, it's Dave Bowman. Aye, that's, that's Dave Bowman, the former Dundee United player, not Dave Bowman, the guy that was in 2001 A Space Odyssey. Is he not the, the youngest ever scorer for Hearts, Laurie? He certainly played at Hearts. 16 years, 5 months and 24 days old <laughs> when he scored against Air United in round 2 of the 1980 League Cup. Where he's oh. got beat 3-2. I I'm think, in, if I remember correctly. Top, off the top of your head, obviously. That's obviously off the top of my head. I wasn't born then, but I do, I do like to read the history books. That was courtesy of the footy gaffer on the forum. Superb. So I said I was going to steal it for the podcast. And you did, well done. Excellent. Right, well we're talking about Hearts then because when, before we come on to the, the weekend game there was a bit of a, a late comeback at Kilmarnock Oh I heard there was a unruly commentator I heard that rumour myself yeah. <laughs> Yes, it was an interesting night It was, um, Yeah, it was it was actually a very entertaining cup tie in the end there was obviously the Gary Locke and the ex-Hearts players versus the existing Hearts players and, and Robbie Nielsen. So those two men who have a 15 years apiece at Tynecastle in their time coming up against each other. And I actually thought Kilmarnock were pretty impressive the first half that they set up pretty well and they, um, they actually out-thought out and out-fought Hearts in the, in the first period. They were well organised and they Hit us quite quickly. McGuinness led the line well. And I thought they probably edged it. Deserved to be ahead. And um, we came back into it. Got ourselves level, but 
again, we looked a bit dodgy at the back as we have done the last few weeks. And yes, it seemed to be heading to you know, another defeat, which we made it four defeats in a row till those last few minutes. And all credit to the players, they kept pushing forward and threw everything at. Kilmarnock got a, a nice equaliser. And it's sort of, you could see the Kilmarnock heads, you know, went down. They thought they were edging towards the it, uh, towards the next round. And because it was it was feeling like a defeat for them, even though it was heading for extra time, they committed men forward and allowed us to sort of hit them with a sucker punch right at the end, which went down very well in the <laughs> Chadwick end, where the Hearts fans were, and in the main stand, where the Hearts commentator was. <laughs> but, Let's just say it was. It's difficult to tell when you're commentating how loud you're being because you have the headset on and you can hear the fan noises because of the way mics are set up and stuff. So, but I could feel everyone looking at me <laughs> as I went on a tirade of just, just, just shouting basically. <laughs> but the Kilmarnock reserves and some backroom staff, I think, were just along for me. I could, I could see them looking and. Say who the who's this guy? <laughs> Do you have a a lip microphone? Um, no, just I just a headset. Right. So, um, uh, Britney Spears style? No, no, it's not really. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's it's a it's it's a big headset. But no, I've not got a. Do you mean the old-fashioned holding yeah. one? Yeah. No, unfortunately not. But I mean the the BBC chaps always seem to have that. But no, I don't. I don't know. That's what I just think. Of. That's what was the image I had in my head when you you were talking through that. That that was one of those was the, that kind of style of microphone. I would love to have pictured that image, but then I've seen photos of Laurie in the stands with the headset on, so I knew it was a headset. Yeah, well, I have the the iPad in one hand as well, and my notes. And I, I can't I can't really afford to have something else in my hands. It's not my notes are nothing like um. Nothing like Derek Ray's. I'm a bit more. Derek Ray has sharp no. pencil. No, no, nobody's notes are like Derek Ray. Even Ian Crocker's notes aren't like Derek Ray. I've seen them comparing. I'm, I've I'm not seen Crocker's. Oh, uh, Crocker's is quite. You know how uh, Derek Ray's is really neat and it takes up yeah. uh, so finely written and lots of information crammed into a short space. Crocker's looks more like my handwriting. Right. <laughs> I think well, only we... he could read that, but it's, there's still lots of information and stuff in, in it, and it's, 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 it's fascinating to see. But they, I have they, a 15 page on. PDF with the colour coded bits and things. Mine's ridiculously boring and organised. <laughs> see, I think, I think that's the difference. It's Ian Crocker and Derek are old school, they've got pen and paper, yeah. you've got an iPad, <laughs> PDFs. We were, we were speaking about that the other day, and it's just the difference that obviously they would have grown up. Without the, the availability of an iPad, so I suppose that's just the way they do it. Um, yeah, just, just whatever works for you, I guess. And can't exactly question them. They're certainly the up there. That's what you aspire to, especially like so, like so Derek. They still help helping me out every every week with the old player names. <laughs> oh, he's definitely good at that. Oh, if you saw our direct messages, I don't know how he he doesn't get fed up with me. <laughs> it's even things that I know you start questioning you start saying it over and over in your head and you're like wait a minute so I even started someone was saying the press box it's um, started saying it's uh, Tom Rogic and I was like I'm pretty sure it's Rogic I'm like oh, I don't know I'm like give me a second this was 20 <laughs> minutes before I went on air I was like message Derek Lee I was like is it Rogic or Rogic he's like Rogic it's fine turned around to the guy and went it is Rogic it's fine see uh, I bet 
I bet it's not easy to even type these messages to Derek Gray. You know, I mean, to, to type the names phonetically, that perhaps that was a, an easier example. But some of them are going to be tough to actually spell out to, oh, to make yeah, it clear. You've got some interesting things. It's, it's um, like I knew I knew signing it was quite funny as response because I'm missing. Can you tell me how you know I knew um, Cameroonian-born Belgian? <laughs> I think he his first response was it's Arnaud and it's Souchillon and the end is the you know the nasal French sound and it's like okay that's fine. Went, oh, almost <laughs> forgot the last bit. Doom. Simple. <laughs> Just J W M. Like boom. <laughs> like boom. <laughs> yeah, you can relate them to other words, but no, it's, it's always very handy. And uh, yeah, but I'm sure he would have been much more professional if he'd been commentating with those last two goals. <laughs> oh no doubt. And then, and then, unfortunately, the draw happened uh, earlier today, and uh, the inevitable happened. <laughs> yes, Celtic Hearts. Yes, oh. yet again. Is it yeah. Castle? I suppose it like, we, we, we discussed this earlier, and it's usually at Celtic Park in this yeah, competition. But then it was at Tank. The last time we played in the cup, it was the Scottish Cup, and it was at Tank Castle. So I was, I was moaning that we should have been out on. But well, our last, that's that's half of our last six quarter-final draws in this competition against Celtic, and we're not done too bad, actually, because we've won other two, both of them at mm-hmm. Celtic Park as well. So could be interesting, and I mean, I'd imagine it will get. I know there's a, a Highland Derby there, but I'd be very surprised if the Hearts Celtic game wasn't picked up by TV, whether it's um, Sky or BBC. I think Sky can pick up these games, can they? No, it's it's one game from BBC for us. Is it only the so yeah. you can't get any, anyone else? No, the, the, the only people that rights to this is the BBC. Oh, so you'll get you'll get one game for the quarter final, and then they might show both semi finals if they if they want to, and they'll obviously show the final. But, uh, ah, there was a bit of jiggery-pokery last year, wasn't there? Yeah. Trying to decide whether they were going to show both of them or not. I think that the clubs were involved in that. It'll be it'll be tricky then, actually, because yeah. Well, there's some good ties in there. I mean, like you say, the Highland Derby was was one of the because uh, I ideally I'd wanted an Edinburgh Derby, a Highland Derby, a Tayside Derby, and Celtic Holton Morton. But uh, it didn't work out that way. So we, we got the Highland Derby. The, the, the two Edinburgh teams are obviously spot up because uh, I should point out that Hibs did beat Aberdeen 2 0 on Wednesday night. That uh, was a couple of late goals for, for them. They've, they've got a home tie against Dundee United as a, a result. And uh, Morton's uh, at home uh, St Johnson. So that's uh, the other round, the ties of the, the round. And yeah, you, I mean, you could pick the Highland Derby as being one to televise there. Um, I, 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 be surprised if we do end up on televised Hearts versus Celtic, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think so. And even Hibs done United, that's, uh, there's, there's potential for a good game there. Uh, depending on which, which Hibs turn up, which done United turn up. I think from a viewer perspective, they're always going to pick a Celtic away game. Yeah. It tends to be the, the game of choice. It's just purely because it's going to draw more fans. And it is, it is a big game as well. I mean, you're talking as things stand, it's... Uh, Third versus second mm-hmm. in the yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an obvious choice really. It's a, a, when you, when the team is top of the the league are out already, then the, the next two playing each other is an obvious choice. Yeah, I think the BBC get criticised for that, and I, I often do criticise them myself. But but on the flip side of that, then they they also do BBC Alba, who specialise in providing a, a public service and showing matches that commercial giants like Sky wouldn't pick up 
Uh, yeah, for example, the, the Falkirk game. And yeah, I was going to say, Ac- occasionally Alba have to show things like Falkirk going to the South, which is a dire nil nil draw. So much yeah. so that Sports Scene didn't bother showing any highlights whatsoever for it <laughs> this, this night. Yeah. But I think that's good that they do that, because I think that's that's in their remit to do things like that. Uh, and unfortunately, it's a, a lazy way to appear to be providing a public services to show games like Hearts and Celtic, because it, uh, it appeals to a large number of people. Yeah, that's I, not I really think, what I meant to do. I mean, that was the same in this round. Uh, Celtic and Rangers being, both being drawn at home. Usually, uh, the, the first choice is to pick one of those two away from home and show yeah. it, but with both being home, it's going to toss a coin, see which one you were going to show. And it just happened to went to the, the Rangers and Johnson game. I probably picked a better game, to be honest, because Celtic at home with Wraith Rovers was. You, know, you, you, would, you were favouring Celtic to win that, at least with Rangers and St Johnson there was, a, there was a possibility that Rangers being the only team would win it, obviously at home, but St Johnson having lost their last season narrowly, was it 1-0 last season? I think it was. Yeah. There was a chance that they were going to get the, the win this time and, and that's the way it proved it. I think it was one of the better games of the, the round, so well done the BBC in picking a decent game. Um, personally, I'd like to have seen Aberdeen Hibs, but how often did it not show a Celtic Rangers game when possible? It was good to hear uh, Chris Boyd and McInnes on the telly for the Rangers-Morton game. And Boyd was obviously been winding up McInnes about the result. I thought that was good. Cause, uh, they men- he mentioned that how it was a big upset. And uh, McInnes, was some, he was trying to play it down. And then uh, I think he mentioned that, that Boyd had said that about five times. <laughs> 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 I could just see the two of them. Cause, uh, although they, they probably were never at Rangers... At uh, the same time, but they probably hang about in similar groups mm-hmm. and probably know each other pretty well. Make it sound like kids in a schoolyard. <laughs> well, that's, that's, well, if he's complaining that he's he's mentioned it five times, he's brought it up five times during the broadcast. That's, <laughs> he's really pushing it. Well, it's, it's, it's been a bad week for Aberdeen to be fair. So uh, McInnes has probably been uh, deserving of a, a few digs. Is uh, obviously I haven't lost the, the the league cup tie uh, in midweek. They then went on and lost to Inverness as well in the first uh, league defeat of the season. And uh, I'm delighted that it was probably the one highlight of Saturday for me because Ryan Christie scored an absolute cracker. <laughs> oh, that was really good. I should really maybe be at Celtic Park. Should he <laughs> could do mm. that? I've seen that mentioned a few times because uh, it wasn't just the goal we scored. I mean. For me, the best part, the best thing Ryan Christie did didn't even result in a goal because he played in Draper, an absolutely perfectly weighted ball, and Draper had the keeper. But oh, there was quite a few. Uh, the the first goal, yeah, he said that up as well. Yeah, the way he pulled it back, uh, I, it was just brilliant. Uh, it was a, a masterclass from him, uh, and then obviously <laughs> he gets he gets the the Yeah, it was. Um, it was an attacker's challenge, wasn't it? I don't think there was much doubt about the yellow cards, to be honest, in, in the game. I, as an attacker's challenge is probably the best thing to say about it. But um, sports scene didn't really seem to need to like, analyse it in any way. So. I thought that it might have been... You uh, could have seen a red for the second one, because one foot was pretty high off the ground, but you couldn't see from the angle in sports scene how close he was to connecting. It was, to hard, to, it was hard to tell, what you say, yeah. for sports scene, but... Um, Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I think he's, he is a, a real talent. He, he made the difference when Inverness uh, beat Hearts as well. Earlier in the month, he, he set up their opening goal, which was really the, the decisive one. The second one was pretty late on. I think the game was over by that point. And um, no, he does look a, 
a real talent. And I, I certainly do have the option in January. You know, if things are still pretty tight, I mean, Celtic could have done with some sort of creative edge, I think, in, in the second half on Saturday at Celtic Park when they start to run out of ideas. So he mm-hmm. certainly looks like at least an option. And um, I get what, I get if he's not going to be playing at Celtic, then it's maybe even better from a Celtic point of view, especially if he's helping, helping Inverness beat Celtic's, well, current title rivals. Yeah. Um, but no, it's a good win for Inverness, and I think it's worth saying that you know that I was certainly one who thought at the start of the season like they, they look like they're really going to struggle. But John Hughes, to his credit, did, he did say that we've got so many players out. You know, they had players out with injury, they had players out suspended, and they had to bring in some new players to cover. And they're, these players are starting to settle. They're getting other players back, and they do look a bit more like the side who obviously had such a good season last year. Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to tell what they're going to do. I think it didn't help that they lost their captain about ten minutes into a new season, but um, they, they seem to be they, they seem to be slowly recovering now. They're obviously in the, the, the quarterfinals of the, the League Cup. They've got that one against Aberdeen. That'll do them a bit of good for the confidence as well. They're still eighth in the league, but I think they'll, they'll probably start a, a wee bit of a rise now. And maybe go on a decent run, uh, a form, and get themselves higher up the, the division again. Um, but oh yeah, you were saying about Celtic lacking uh, creativity in the, the game against Hearts in the second half. But uh, for me, the biggest problem you had was hitting the target. Well, first, first half definitely. I was uh, yeah, missing opportunities. Yeah, and then I, I do have to admit I was rather um, disgusted by the way we, we, we managed to get the point with the FA Ambrose red card right at the death. You know how you get in rugby, you get penalty tries if it's got an obvious try has just been stopped. Maybe you yeah. don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> right. I, I, I think you're going. Not a big rugby fan. Google it. You can you can get a penalty try where they get given the award even though they haven't scored in the tie. Well, and this in, in the case of Effie Ambrose, a penalty goal should probably have been awarded because that was just that was that was to make sure Celtic got a nil nil draw. Yeah, it's, it's frustrating, but I said at the time it's one of those where I think I was just a shake in my hands. But you know, if it's your player, just yeah. the way the rules are, that's what you. That's what you want them to do. It's a a definition of taking one for the team. You you are, because, I mean, let's be honest, it's probably going to help Celtic if Ambrose has been suspended as well. Actually, no, I disagree with that, because if Ambrose has been playing quite well. (laughs) Especially with, um, I don't even know how to pronounce this guy's name, the Croat, was it Shimonovic? 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 Something like that. Something like that. Dare to the the, um, the new guy, well, I had practised it and I forgot now, it's... Shimunovic. There you go. And he was a sh somewhere along the way. Aye, that's what you said, Chris. Aye, right, I, I, I maybe did say that in my eight attempts at it. Eh? Aye. But uh, aye, we haven't been injured. Uh, Mulgrew has been injured as well. There's been he he. Effie Ambrose has come in, and for what I've seen, he's he's kind of steadied the ship a bit as as far as our dodgy defence goes. Because that's that's three games in a row we haven't conceded. And all right, one of them was against Red Rovers, but I mean the, the six now against Dundee was was, was a pretty good battle. And uh, uh, that was proof that we can't actually hit the target occasionally. But the statistics against the uh, Hearts were something like we had like four shots on target at about 14. Uh, it was similar statistics against Aberdeen up at Pudodri a couple of weeks ago. Um, it, we, we just don't seem to be hitting the target all, often enough for us to be to be scoring goals, and it, it's costing us points at the moment. First half, Celtic were were so wasteful. I mean, it's against the Hearts team who've looked so shaky at the back and we, we, we had slight adjustment although Ali Moustouk was struggling he's had a hernia up recently so we had to move Igor Rossi back in the centre although that is certainly more 
comfortable position, but certainly we 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 took a bit we took a bit of time to settle, and Celtic really passed up a couple of glorious opportunities. I mean, Lee Griffiths, um, Rogic. There was there was certainly a couple that Celtic really should have. Well, the header that was a, a pass back. Mm-hmm. It was bizarre. That really surprised me because he, he's pretty good at heading the ball, Griffiths. He's quite quite composed, and and to do that, that's the kind of thing that well, certainly I would do. I would just panic. And... It was crucial that we got to half time. I think though, I was saying late on the, in the first half, you know, if you can get to half time, it's a big confidence booster, and you can regroup. Where if Celtic do get that goal, it, it, it really asks questions about how you're going to approach the second half. But I thought we were really terrific second period. I thought the longer the game went on, the less ideas Celtic seemed to have, and we. We started to be quite comfortable going narrow and actually letting Celtic play balls in because we started to feel like we could just defend them on. I mean, apart from there was there was the um, the, the chance that uh, was put into the back of the net, but it was very it was an early flag against Shifshi. But there, there wasn't a whole lot of chances in that second period, and I thought it was all credit to Hearts who defended, and it was the first time we've avoided defeat against Celtic in ten games, and it's. First clean sheet against Celtic in 14 matches. A first clean sheet at Celtic Park in six years. And um, even if you look at just recent games for Hearts, away from home, we just don't keep clean sheets. It's only the second time in 16 away matches. That's dating well back into the Championship as well. We didn't keep many clean sheets away from home in the Championship for the second half of the season. Um, so I think it's a real confidence booster. and it was. I, I just thought it was a really good defensive display. And the Celtic fans, I mean, they started filtering out the closer it got to the last ten, you know, five ten minutes, and they just looked like I was surprised. Ronnie Dial didn't really seem to have any plan B apart from put Shivshi on. Never but does. The way they played, they just still kept knocking about playing out wide, and Hearts seemed to suss them. And um, although the likes of Augustin at centre back, he has been caught out a lot recently. The one thing he can do is just attack balls when they come in the box, and it just played in his hands. Settled, just started playing balls into the box, and. As shaky as we've been, certainly they will deal with those. I think well, you, you you did mention one thing there about um, how Hearts kind of went narrow and started defending and letting Celtic get the balls in. Somebody should have explained that to Michael Stewart because I was listening to BBC Sports Sound to the, the game uh, as it was happening and he seemed to be going mental at the fact that Callum Patterson didn't seem to be doing his job properly. Now he was already in a booking. He was and, on a yellow. And, uh, yeah. and like you say, the Hearts had went narrow. And uh, Paddy Bonner had to explain this to him, and because uh, like, Michael Stewart was going on about how Nicholson seemed to be doing his own job and Patterson's at the same time, it was just it took Paddy Bonner to sit him down and basically well, look, Hearts have gone narrower. This is the way they're playing now. It's a tactical change. This is why Nicholson seems to be doing so much. Yeah, it was. <laughs> we were actually playing a four-four-two a lot of the game, which seems bizarre when you're defending, but we were playing two banks of four in our own half with two strikers who were still at the halfway line. So yeah, Nicholson was doing a good job defending, but yeah, it was almost like it was almost like a wing back, but not because you had a full back as well. But yeah, we were that narrow. It, it was, I mean, it was he was doing a good job of protecting because Patterson couldn't put a challenge in on Forrest because Forrest had had a really good first half, mm-hmm. and Patterson got booked and he couldn't put a challenge in. And there was a couple of times where Forrest he went down so easily. The Celtic fans are crying for it, but Patterson just he couldn't challenge, so he just basically stood up. And kind of blocked the ball in Forrest. I, I don't know if he's. I don't know if he's made out of feathers or something. But he, <laughs> as soon as Patterson seemed to move towards him, he was hitting the deck. Uh, it's also uh, Forrest has a nasty habit of going down easy if he's trying to get a player into trouble. Yeah, and I think that may. Have, he would have known Patterson was in a booking as well. 
and I don't, you don't say it very often, but Kevin Clancy, I thought, had actually a very good game refereeing. And she, you know, it went under the radar because there wasn't a huge amount of calls to be made. I mean, I think the only ones that big calls were fairly obvious. I mean, Ambrose red card. I, I, I couldn't believe he turned round and act surprised. I mean, usually when defenders do that, they just Aye. start walking off. I think everybody knew. Everybody knew that was a red card. I don't think anybody was going to get uh, criticised for it. I think the only other contentious decision, other than the Celtic fans howling for the the Patterson second yellow, was was uh, the the offside against. Uh, I'm assuming, I, I, I'm assuming it was against Chief G because it was hard to tell for the one camera angle that sports scene had, but it looked like he might have been just offside when uh, Griffiths knocked the ball into the net. But I know, I know it wasn't Griffiths was offside. So yeah, it was. It, it was, was probably Chief G just. The flag was up really early. I don't yeah. know if it came across in the highlights, but it was up straight away as soon as the ball came in, which is why I was a bit surprised that quite a few fans around me were were jumping about. I may have wagged a finger at a few of them. But <laughs> <laughs> which finger? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like me to wind up home support man. no not at all yeah. um, it's just twice this week but a good point but I mean good point for Celtic close the gap mm, right, uh, <laughs> blew a chance to close it more I think especially in the first half but yeah but it's, it's, it's probably a better result for Hearts it's, good, it's been a good week for Hearts because the, the wheels have come, kind of come off the wagon the last couple of weeks so to, to get the light turn around against Kilmarnock and then go to Celtic Park and get a draw then like you say was it six years since the last time you got a clean sheet against Celtic or something at Celtic Park at Celtic 14 Park, matches yeah. since we get one a clean sheet against them at all is that that's a thought is that going back to the, the final day of this 2008-09 season then? the at Celtic Park. I think it was Strachan's last game in charge, if I, if I think it's the one it is, because we finished that season with two 0-0 draws, one against the Hibs at Easter Road and one against Hearts at, at Celtic Park. Possibly, or it could have been the League Cup, because um, we played in the League Cup that year as well, that was the Michael Stewart League Cup year, so it could have been that one, but you might be right, you might be right, I think it was that. But, um, aye, decent result, and I think fans... Uh, uh, oh, Mowbray, aye, it might have been a Mowbray season, that's what I thought. You're end of September, and... We're a newly promoted team with a fairly new group of players, and you know we're we're, we're in the top three. And we're four points behind the champions. I mean, it's not the end of the world, is it? No, no. I've just dropped the champions. So you're, you're doing pretty well for the start. Um, should probably cover the other games because I know we're, we're getting pushed for time here. Uh, on his laptop, we're running out of battery, but now. Uh, the Kelly Hamilton game. Yeah, because Kelly. Um, well, went, I wanted to uh, talk about the the woman who was doing the voiceover and sports scene. Connie McLaughlin. Is that who it was? Yeah. Because she talked about Kelly being out to prove that they can stay in the SPFL. Now I'm not sure if they're going to be totally kicked out of the the league structure <laughs> or not. I, I think it's unlikely. And then <laughs> at the end, Lee Ashcroft was shown a second yellow card. Mm-hmm. Now, when she said that, I seen the challenge. And I thought, oh, that's a sending off straight away. I thought and it was a sending well. off. Yeah. Yep. So it wasn't a sent jailer card. I just thought that was strange. Yeah, I, I thought d- somebody would have picked up on that when they were producing the program. I, I thought that was two pretty obvious mistakes in such a short period of play. I was watching it and I looked at it and I thought that's a straight red. And then I think I looked away and I looked at my phone and I was making notes. And then I heard her say it was a second jail and I looked up and thought. Did the, the referee actually award a second yellow card or did they just show a straight red? It's a straight red. Was it a straight, was it, was it a straight red? Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, because I, I, I checked it out as well. I looked up uh, match report. Yeah, straight red. It just, I don't know. It's just it's a minor thing, but the, the two of them jumped out at me. 
<laughs> well, the SPFL thing that annoys that I I don't I, I don't really have that much of an issue when fans say still say the SPL or talk about the SPFL, but it's when you hear people on you get it on um, sports sound all the time. I think Willie Miller he's a he's a prime suspect for talking about the, the SPFL, which is not even a division; it's the whole lot. Of them, yeah. sort of. <laughs> I think but, it just comes to the fact that previously it was the SPL, and everyone knows it's the the, the, the whole shebang's now the SPFL. Yeah. But people still equate SPL being top flight, so it's just added an F. So the top flight must be called the SPFL. It's not. Yeah, they want to have a shortened way of saying it, and there isn't really anything no. unless you want to go for SP. Which, it's, that's just silly. Yeah, and I think the, the other problem is that if somebody says the Premiership, I know they don't use that term in England anymore, but people still think it's English League. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it's quite quite funny, actually, because there's obviously England went the reverse. They were the Premiership, now Premier League, and there's, um, there's a show on Talk Sport, and they actually, they give people to it, they give people one chance. If they say Premiership, they give them a yellow card, and if yeah. they say it again, they, get just, they just get hung up on in the call-in show. Because it's it, they just keep emphasising it's the Premier League, so it's actually the complete opposite. They've got to start remembering to call it the Premier League, not the Premiership, and we're the other <laughs> way around. So it's, it's all in a name, I know. Maybe it's slightly pernickety, but when it's <sighs> when it's the you, the media who's meant to cover it, you think, God, you've got to get it right. Yep. But, um, in regards to the Ashcroft red card, you'll think it was a bit odd because Ambrose did it because they had something to defend, and if Hearts go through and score, then there's no they, Celtic can't. Res- respond because it's going to be kick off in full time mm-hmm. but that was pretty much the last action of the game and Kilmarnock were losing anyway yeah it was, it was, was a very strange point? he was taking one for a team to still get beat I know still going to be 3-1 instead of 2-1 he's, he's suspended now so um, I mean I'm not that bothered about that because the next game's against us so if they've got a <laughs> defender down it's fine by me but it did seem odd because it was 93 odd minutes so I mean what, what was he what was he taking one for the team for <laughs> <laughs> it's a very strange decision yeah um Right, I think the only game we haven't covered is the one that even sports team put last, and it's ridiculous because it was a three-each draw. <laughs> yep. The Dundee Ross County game, and this one annoyed me though because I had I had a, a treble on uh, was it Motherwell Hamilton uh, and uh, Ross County, <laughs> and it was really good odds. And at one point, all three were winning, and then uh, obviously Ross County conceded that penalty and went down to ten men and. I, I, I knew the right was in the wall then. I should have just. I, I, I never had a chance to go to get the cash out. I should have done it. It's one of those times that it'd be a great time to use it. That was a crucial point of the game. Obviously, the, the penalty came when it was three-one to Ross County. I thought it looked a bit harsh, to be honest. When you look at the the replay, and there's no claims from yeah. Dundee. I, I, I didn't. It seemed to brush over it. I looked at it a couple of times. I'm not saying I'm saying it was definitely a bad decision, but the didn't seem to be a whole lot in it. I thought that as well. I mean, like you say, it was. I think it, again because it was the last game on um, sports sports scene, so they didn't really analyse it all that much. But I thought like, they kind of made out that there was there was a bit of argy bargy between them just before the, the the set piece was taken. But I thought it was over by the time the set piece was taken, and then McPake just kind of fell over. And to be fair, I didn't. He, McPake didn't seem to claim, and the teammates didn't certainly look like they were claiming. And Andrew Davis seemed fairly confused by it. I, I, I mean, I say it's, it's difficult because you get the one angle and you don't necessarily see what's happened before it. But certainly, my initial reaction was it seemed fairly nothingy. You know, mm-hmm. the sort of thing that goes on pretty much every time a cross comes into the box. 
And it, yeah. changed, it changed the game, obviously. Well, certainly, undoubtedly, because 3-1, you don't always get a good idea from the highlights, but you imagine 3-1, they've got a far better chance of holding out. Um, he did a good, a good, uh, good acting when he stood there and went, what? What? Me? Why? 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 Unlike Eddie <laughs> Ambrose, like he maybe had a little bit of a point. <laughs> Russell on a microphone, though. Um, right, we are definitely marching on for time now, so uh, um, we might have to breeze over the, the, the rest of the four weeks. We did talk about Rangers and their win against Morton on Sunday. Um, so, obviously, that's a 100% record. For the, the the championship leaders, um, yeah, but it's looking good. It's looking good for the the league at the moment. Uh, but Hibs are also looking good. Apart from that wee slip up there, aye, they're still far like, from over. We're talking about it being a walk. It's, it's no Rangers will win that division. Aye, so. I don't. I don't think there's much doubt about it. I've been saying it for a couple of weeks already, and the Rangers are going. I just look. Rangers look what they're doing now, but they should have been doing. They've got a good team there. That's a young team and. All right, they're not perfect, but they they certainly they look a better unit than the the, the SPL rejects. As we, yeah, they, they we're going to elite goals. That's the big issue. Yeah, so but as I long think as we keep scoring goals. Yeah, if you're if you're scoring three, four, five goals every game, it doesn't matter if you like goals. You know. It's just going to be really entertaining if you're a Rangers fan watching it every week. It'll be like last year. There'll be it's not like in the top flight where you can see Aberdeen and Celtic dropping quite a few points here and there. There's It'll be like Hearts last year. There'll be so many Rangers will just get too many wins against so many sides. Even though it's, I know it's eleven points, but there's um, a game in hand for Hibs as well. But even that gap, it's, it it'll it'll only grow, I think. And it's just, mm-hmm. I just I just have to say, I, I just can't see. I, I I thought that at the start of the season. I can't see past Rangers. I think it's it's even Hibs fans. You can read us talking about we'll push for second, then we've still got a decent chance in the playoffs, but. Yeah, I was going. I, mean, I was going to say you can see Hibs dropping points, and they did the drop points here at the weekend yeah. against St Martin. And St Martin haven't exactly started the season all that great. They're, they're sitting in six oh, points, eighth place. Two points off the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's, it's it's not. I don't. I, I can see Hibs dropping a lot more points than Rangers. I think that's probably the key. I know Falkirk Rovers are up there as well. Rovers have started pretty well this season. Uh, so, but I think they're all playing for the the playoff spots. To be honest, I wouldn't. I wouldn't discount Queen of South. I also wouldn't discount Morton. I know, I know they did. Uh, they just lost the Rangers, but their, their, their form's been fairly reasonable recently. Obviously, beating Motherwell in the, the League Cup midweek. So, uh, yeah, I think I think the playoff race is going to be interesting in the Championship. I don't think it's it's, it's pretty much the same as last season. To be honest, it's got one team running away with it, and then what's happening behind is more interesting. So, uh, it's uh, it's. We'll see what else. We've got the League One. Air United are top at the moment. A point ahead of Dunfermline. And for for who are in the charity bet obviously lost. Uh... Yeah, the firm one have slipped away. I mean, I, I I kind of had it in my head. I thought that that would be similar to the championship. I thought it would be Dunfermline walking away with it. And obviously they might still do. It's early days, only a point off the top. But they've slipped a little bit recently. A couple of results in the last few games. Mm-hmm. Although they demolished Stenhouse Muir the game before this one, they've. Um, yeah, they've, they've dropped a few points, one of them too, Air United as well, so maybe it's mm-hmm. I think not going to be as plain sailing as some people thought. Yeah, certainly. Oh, no, I thought it myself because they were, they were thumping teams at one point and, and then, then they, what, they kind of slipped up a couple of times and it's keeping things interesting. So, so yeah, that's, I think that's going to be an exciting battle between them and Duffelman. It might even still be exciting between the teams behind them because, I mean, 
for all Dunfermline on 16 points you've got 4 for Anne, Airdrie and Albion Rovers on 13 behind them so League 1 and 2 have both got this really tight um, group of teams I think League 2 is even more um, tight you've got like I think it's 4 or 5 points between almost <laughs> almost 80% of the league yeah you've got, you've got East 5 and 15 Arbroath and 10 that's 1st and 8th <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. It's, it's, it's entertaining, I suppose. It's, 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 I'm not picking any bets at those these divisions anytime soon. I'll tell you that much. Um, which uh, I mentioned that probably takes us on to the next point. Uh, what are we doing for a charity bet this week? Because mm. although we could stick with Waghorn after his uh, getting the, the the first goal at the weekend, uh, I don't know. I want to keep picking the same guy over and over again. So I'm not I'm not sure if if Lycon's the best choice this week because uh, I know like he, he did win but it's um ah, I like to mix it up ah, I like to mix it up I, I'm I'm trying to think what else we've got because well, Rangers are home to Falkirk now this is another problem with picking Rangers players is Lycon is likely to get a first goal but so is Davenier and even Lee Wallace actually. What is, it, what is it with Rangers and the fullbacks? This, this is goes back to what you were saying earlier. Your, your fullbacks shouldn't be uh, chipping them with all the goals. It's, it's, they cut inside and end often end up in the, the strikers' position, which is exciting to watch. But as I say, we'll, we'll come a cropper at some point. Hmm. I don't know. Don't know about this first scorer. Yeah. League one. League one's been a bit of favourite because we've obviously had back to it. Don Fairman and, and Rory McAllister at Peterhead. Don uh, Fairman at home at Albion Rovers. Peterhead at home at Forfar. Hard to tell because that's all been over so far for both up there as well. It's maybe good to find a team who you think's gonna get a strong chance of winning. I mean, Dunfermline yeah. are, like you say, they're probably in with a chance there at home. Um, I don't know who else. I mean, who else would you fancy winning at the weekend? It's oh, it's Lord. It's yeah. So it's Championship League One Two, isn't it for this? Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of the war weeks. Merrin are at home at Alloa, maybe. Boyd from their result last week. I don't know about St Mirren. No, I'm no, I don't trust St Mirren against anything. I don't even know who scores for St Mirren at the moment. I think that's probably half the problem. Um, Queen's but, Park are a reasonable side in League 2 there at home. Um, again, I'm just looking at teams as opposed to, <laughs> as opposed to the yeah. players. I mean, like you see, mentioned Dunfermline, Elbak 2. He's a man that's, that's been getting all the headlines. But uh, Cardo's up there with seven goals as well as Elbak 2. So it's not as if he's... It's not as if he's out in front with his own uh, goals. So it's, it's a hard pack this week, actually. Hmm. Yeah. Not really. I'm not really chipping in with many suggestions myself. I'm a bit. I mean, Joe Cardell scored stumped. a hat trick against away to Forfar, so he was first scorer in that game. He mm-hmm. also, in their five 0 win the other week, he scored the opening goal of the game as well. Um, but he's obviously not an out-and-out striker, so you, it means you'd imagine you'd get pretty decent odds. Um, but I mean, that's me just looking at looking at the stats in front of me as opposed to making a well-thought-out decision. I see. I like stats. I like stats. Sound like a good bit as good a reason to bet on something than any. So uh, I'm 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 not opposed to going with Cardo actually. Uh, just to definitely vary it. I mean, Cardo, Elbak, Tui, and Moffat are all. Uh, in the, the top scorer chart for, for League One, so yes. it's, it's kind of hard to pick. So I, I'd, I'd go with Cardo because he seems to be the man on form. 
He's the one banging in the goals first, so... Right, I am happy going with that. Why not? Alright. Right, we'll come back to the 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 games, because we'll, we'll go and do the premiership predictions and see if anything jumps out of us mm-hmm. with those. And um, we're almost all three o'clock Saturday kick-offs this week. Just the, the, the Hamilton Celtic game in, on Sunday to come, because Celtic are playing in Europe uh, this week against Fenerbahce at home. So uh, that should be. A, a, we'll, we'll talk about that next week because I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. With that. I don't even. I, I, Fenerbahce appear to be a bit of a, a team in crisis at the moment because of all sorts of issues. With the, like they lost their opening game against Molde in the, the in the, the Europa League, and then beat off Besiktas. Beat off Besiktas, yeah. And then there's some doubt over whether uh, Robin van Persie is going to stay there or if he's going to if he's falling out with the management or what. <laughs> the well, last scene, whole I've story seen a video that that settles that Chris uh, he was on the bench at the Scoring time and there was a look on his face that he was neither unhappy or happy so that's cleared that one up yep ok he that's scored good. the weekend as well for them so I probably scored this weekend I don't know and <laughs> <laughs> Nani as well anyway there's a, de- there's a decent Fenerbahce team there so I think it's going to be an interesting game on Thursday night so. definitely uh, I've got a Fenerbahce top I, am, I don't know if I'm going to be wearing it on Thursday. No, you should be, oh. you should be Scottish teams in Europe. I'm just saying, I didn't go out and buy it specially. <laughs> just have one. <laughs> Bet you've got a mould atop or no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we'll start off with Aberdeen versus St. Johnson Saturday. And I have no idea what to go with this, because I'd imagine Aberdeen will probably bounce back, but uh, St. Johnson were a bit of a... A difficult prospect for them last season, and uh, they might well be a difficult prospect again this season. Then. So, um, I'm going to give Aberdeen the benefit of the doubt here and say it might be 2 1 to Aberdeen. That's what I'm going to go with as well, because if you, you look back, Aberdeen aren't scoring for fun. But St Johnson are also scoring, but I think Aberdeen will win this, so yeah, I think I'm going for 2 1 as well. Sounds like a very good score. I mean, St. Johnson love a BTTS. Every single game of the season has seen both teams score. So that's certainly usually what happens, but they have struggled to, apart from the Rangers game, they've lost every other away match this season. So yeah, you know what, make it a clean sweep. 2-1 Aberdeen. Cool. And uh, since John's not here, I'll do the, the odds because it's 13 to 20 for Aberdeen to win, 3 to 1 the draw, and 21 to 5 for St. John's to win. Mm. So that's uh, interesting odds, certainly. Uh, second game of Saturday is Dundee versus Motherwell. Uh, sounds like a Rangers song. <laughs> is it Dundee Hamilton? I don't know. I don't, I don't get involved in those <laughs> songs because there's uh, some occasionally. Uh, back maybe ten years ago, there was some naughty add-ons. Ah, uh, okay. That, I'm, I'm assuming there's real words to it as well. I think that <laughs> yes, there is real words right. to it, and that's what's sung nowadays. Yes, uh, yes, because no, no, nobody sings naughty words at football anymore. But no, the game is Dundee. The game is Dundee Motherwell. Let's not get yeah, side. Yeah, let's not get side. Right? No, okay, right. <laughs> Dundee and Motherwell. I think it's going to be um, a home one. I think I'm going to go with. 2-1 again to Dundee yep mm, do you know this is I'm going to have to go next for the next game because I'm swaying towards that as well because I think that 
the, uh, we touched on it earlier about when a new manager comes in, suddenly the, the same crop of players just suddenly play above themselves or, or maybe return back to where they, they should have been. But I think I think they're going to go back to their slump. I think they're, they're going to get beaten. And I was swaying towards 2-1, and I don't want to change it now, Chris. Cause yeah, you don't have to. You can stick no, you I think, can I think it I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to stand up and be accused of copying, but I'm going to keep it 2-1. So you, you think Motherwell are going to remember that they're crap? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's exactly what I think is going to happen. But I, I, I've, I've just got a feeling that Motherwell will, will get a goal from somewhere because they always Dundee, seem to manage it somehow. Dundee tend to struggle more at home than they do away. They're often better on the road. But I'm going to go with the same idea that Motherwell will remember that they're not very good. Um, but I'm going to, go, just to not make it boring in the Queen's, I'll go 3 1. Dundee. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, Dundee are 11 to 10 for the one. 13 to 5 the draw, 12 to 5 if you fancy a mother. That's uh, maybe one to keep in mind, that's all. Okay, third up for Saturday, Hearts at Home 2 Kilmarnock. Right, Craig, you said you were going first, so go for it. Well, I think Kilmarnock are still fighting for their survival in the SPFL. <laughs> but, in saying that, I think Hearts will win this. I think they're going to have too much. I'm going to go for a whopper 3 0. It's a good score. An interesting game. I think it might be three goals in it, but I'm going to take my third 2 1 of, of the in a row here. 2 1 Hearts. I think we'll I think we'll have our mojo back. We're, we tend to be good at home, bar that first half against Aberdeen where we were god awful. Um. And Kilmarnock will now be missing Ashcroft. That's going to be key. He's going to regret that pointless red card. And we're going to win 4-0. 4 You said awfully trusted in a Hearts defence, suddenly. Oh, wait, wait. Okay. You know, now you've said that. Now you've said that. We'll make it oh, f- wait, no. You can't, you can't go back and change because <laughs> then you're going to have two predictions, Laurie, that you no, can go back No, I have on. one. I'll make it 4-1. A goal from... A goal <laughs> that's, from... That's still a hearts- different prediction. Which Hearts player, which ex Hearts player will score? Jimmy McDonald with a goal kick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what's your answer to that? A laugh of honour. What, a Jimmy McDonald getting out scoring the goal? I don't think the, the first goal scorer answer up, never mind any time goal scorer. Um, but the, the odds for the game are uh, Hearts 9 to 20. Well, that's pretty favourite. Uh, 18 to 5 the draw and 11 to 2 if you fancy come on or to do what they couldn't do in midweek and beat Hearts. Okay, uh, next up is Partick Thistle versus Dundee United. Is this a live game on the telly? Is it, I've no, managed to grab this for off. Saturday night football. Fun off, this is a 3 o'clock Saturday kickoff, so oh. no live fixer here. I'm going to say 1 0 Dundee United with their caretaker manager. Why they're going to get a wee boost from Hearts' youngest goal scorer? Uh, aye, okay. Aye, nil nil. <laughs> I mean, it's it's hard to find anything with these. You know, when you look at if I'm just looking at the two teams' form and all you get is red. Yep. If you look at Premiership form, come on, Park Thistle are like 12, 13, 14 games or something that are winning the league. I think Dundee United have won since May. Yeah, nil nil. 
we're awfully confident with that one. See, I, re- I reckon, like, I, d- I don't think they have been all that bad. I think they've been unlucky at, at, at crucial times. So, but I think they've probably scored, and part of Thistle only scored that one goal uh, against Mullerwell there. And that was the first goal in about 500 odd minutes. So, that's why I'm saying 1 0 down United. Um, the bookie odds. The bookie? Mick bookie odds for this one are uh, Perfect Thistle 29 20 for the win, 5 2 for the draw, and 15 to 8 if you went down United. So, they're sitting on the fence for this game. They must think it's a 0 0 as well. Um, well, fairness, you have a point about them scoring. There's only, there's only been. Since the Aberdeen opening game, there's only been one game where Dundee United haven't scored, I think. So it's probably quite a good point. Okay, that's a good start. Alright, final Saturday game is Ross County versus Inverness. A nice Highland derby to round us off. Oh, what's that rubbish name that it gets called? El, El Kessico. Ah, Cold Firm. Oh, the Cold Firm, yeah. That's quite a good one. Yeah, okay, so the cool firm El Kessigo Derby here. Right, it's uh, Ross County at home for this one. And I am going to go with an entertaining two each draw. It's a really hard one to pick that, isn't it? No, it's both, uh, both in good form. Both in good form. Um, very tricky. I'm going to go maybe less exciting, but one apiece. Still a good game, though. So Ross County have scored 10 goals in the last two games. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, 7 now against Falkirk and 3 each against Dundee, uh, against Dundee, sorry. Right, I'm going to go for 3-2 to Ross County. Oh, ding dong. All right. so, you know, you talk, you, you joke about it, but obviously not El Clasico, but it's got a fair record of, you know, you know, El Clasico is always the, you bet on both teams to score because it always comes in. I'm looking at the stats for that, and it's about 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. There's only been... Three occasions in the last twelve of these, I think that there hasn't been a both teams scoring. It's fairly regular. Ah, they're, they're often very good games on the telly. It's um, like the opposite of Edinburgh Derby's these days, isn't it? Right. Well, unfortunately, this one isn't on the telly because it's another yeah. Saturday three o'clock kickoff. So they would have chose the Partick this or Dundee United if they had the chance. Yeah, no, but they had to show Hamilton Celtic. So uh, yeah. Anyway, the odds for this are Ross County twenty-three to twenty. 5-2 to the draw, 23-10 to Inverness. Another fence sitting from McBookie uh, on that one. I'm not really surprised because I don't think I have any idea who could win. It could go either way. But that's probably why I've gone for the fence sitting to each. Uh, the final game of the weekend is 12.30 kick-off. Hamilton versus Celtic. I can't remember which channel this one's on. <laughs> Half 12 suggests Sky, doesn't it? Maybe. I don't know. Why does Sky BT? Somebody will tell me about that, no doubt. <laughs> well, good gets one of Sky <laughs> Yes, it's either Sky or BT. Yep, I'm sitting on my fence again. Right. Um, it's it's on, BT1. Uh, there you go. Oh. So, it's, it's, uh, so, so BT Sport, the, the place to watch Celtic this week, because they've got all the, the Champions League and Europe League games exclusively live. So that's where Celtic will be. Uh, I think we're at 8 o'clock kick off on Thursday, actually. Five past eight, I think. Was it five past eight? Ah, yeah, uh, it sticks out in my mind because it just it's silly, isn't it? Yep. Oh yeah, because it's 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 a, it's a flat six o'clock the early kickoffs, isn't it? And it's eight o five for the later kickoffs, just in case anyone runs over. Uh, right. Anyway, Hamilton Celtic. Uh, yeah, I'm going with. Um, hoping we're going to remember how to score, and I'm going to say two 0 Celtic. 
even though Effie Ambrose will be suspended. Oh, that's a good one. I just, I just wonder whether we're going to see uh, the celebrating standing against a gate, <laughs> against standing in the zone. Not really sure what's happening in the world. Uh, I think I'm going to go for a win to nil for Celtic. I think that they're going to, they're going to win three nil, going for goals, goals, goals. <clears throat> Hamilton haven't lost at home since Aberdeen beat them there in February. Seem to be a fairly formidable force at home. Was that, oh, ju- was that just after we played them at home? <laughs> it was a month after. There we they go. Also got beat. They had a they had a poor spell at home where they lost four or five early in the year, but since then it's been um, pretty strong run. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure they've played Celtic or Aberdeen since at home. So no, they've not. They've played Ross County, St Johnson, Motherwell Park, Thistle, St Mirren Park, Thistle again, Dundee United, Hart, Midlothian, and Motherwell. So nobody really have any note then, right, okay. That way. <laughs> Laura, I've got a tip. If you want to be a pundit, right, because I know that you're, you're a commentator, so you will become uh, an Italian being a pundit. Mention the European hangover when you're talking about the, this potential scoreline. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're at home. It's bees will be playing a League Cup game. European hangover. Uh, our last European hangover was a 6-0 thrashing of Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> I'd read to think how many. You've got to get these in though, Chris, because you've got to talk about European hangovers, you've got to talk about pockets and tempo. These buzzwords. You like this? You like this? I got a tweet on a tweet of the weekend, I think when Hearts had posted, obviously, live coverage of the game, etc. And it's like, I'm. I said, oh, I enjoy listening to you, Laurie. Um, You're a bit like like Andy Gray, but but less sexist. Oh, oh well. Oh. I didn't know how to take that. Someone went to me. That started off being a compliment, and then it kind of slipped a bit. Someone Why? Is it, wait, wait, is, it, is it a compliment to be more sexist? I think so. Yeah. Well, the first thing someone said to me is, "But, but, but that's that's just Andy Gray, but boring." <laughs> anyway, I, I'm going to contradict all what I've just said about Hamilton. Say, I still think Celtic are going comfortably two 0 <laughs> <laughs> This is what I went for, so just copy me anyway. Uh, and the odds for this with McBickey is 91 Hamilton at win, 92 a draw, and 3 to 10 Celtic. So let's not bother talking about that for a charity bet. Right, what did we fancy? Uh, right, Dundee seemed like a good bet because we all went for a Dundee win, and they were 11 to 10. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's still slightly hard to predict when a team has recently lost to manager and Dundee, they're yeah. also a bit up and down, aren't they? I can eleven to ten seems a a nice price so. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it does. Motherwell don't do awfully well on the road. They've actually oh Christ! I'm just looking at their recent games. <laughs> I think that's uh, <laughs> they've actually lost. Oh, my God! Let's see. One, <laughs> four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. They lost 12 of the last 14 away games in the league. There we go, definitely picking Dundee now. <laughs> so they, they don't do well on the road, and although Dundee are a bit up and down. So, um, yeah. No, 11 to 10, if it was if it was heavily odds on, I'd maybe go against it, but it's quite good, quite good price. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm not really seeing anything else jumping out of me, because Hearts' uh, odds are rubbish. Uh, and... 
No, I was only one that actually picked in the United to win at 15 to 8. So I don't think I'd go with that either. So we might be looking at the lower leagues. Um, Wraith Rovers are on a bit of a run. And mm-hmm. 23 to 20 against Morton. Yep. Uh, they've won three, three, home ga- uh, three league games in a row. They beat St Mirren, Queen of South and Dumbarton. Which is pretty good. It's not bad. Queen of South and Dumbarton are kind of running about with Morton on the week. So that's, yeah, that's Wraith Rovers didn't impress easy. me against Rangers. But then... Since then, they've went on a, a wee bit of a run. Mm-hmm. St. are 8-13 against Alawa. I know St. Mirren have been pretty poor, but Alawa, I mean, they've got absolutely battered by Livingston at home. I think St. Mirren have got to come good, although in saying that, they've, I think they've yet to get off the market at home, haven't they? Mm. <laughs> Let's not touch that then. <laughs> <laughs> just talk myself out of it. Just yeah. <laughs> Even though, even the other obvious picks like Dunfermline that all been over is two to five. It's not not great odds. Um, Wraith Rovers twenty three to twenty. If we, my double would Dundee ten pound on that would be forty five fifteen minus the stake. We're talking thirty five quid. I think that's pretty good. I think Rovers have got a good chance. Yeah, it's not bad. Do we want to bulk that out anymore? Pretty confident in my hearts, but I mean, I would be. <laughs> See, it's nine to twenty. That's the problem, Larry. Yeah, but if you if you add Hearts to Dundee and Wraith Rovers, ten pound now would have turned sixty-five forty-seven. I quite like that. That seems fair. We're reasonable. all going for a thumping for Hearts, were we not? Well, I went with two-one, but yeah, you went you went for a thumping. All right, aye, throw <laughs> Hearts in then. What about Queens Park as well? They're home to Montrose. Who here's another one for you? See, the problem with Queen's Parks, if you look back at their recent form, they've played, I think, Stirling Albion and Easterland in the last three games, mm. if I do remember want, correctly. Do you want to be convinced? Montrose's last 13 games, they've lost 12 on the road. That's the last 13 away games, they've lost 12 of them. 4-1 away at Queen's Park last time they travelled there. 4 0 away at Elgin, 2 0 away at Clyde, 3 0 away at Albion Rovers, 3 0 away at East Fife. Uh, they beat East Stirlingshire 1 0, and so they beat East Stirlingshire, who are terrible. It was the only away mm-hmm. win they got. Beaten by Annan, beaten by Brora, beaten by Forfer, Hibs. I mean, they even got beat by Hibs. Berwick, Annan again, Stirling. East Fife at home, last couple of home games. They won 5 1 against East Stirling, 3 1 against Elgin. They beat Dumbarton at home as well in the Challenge Cup, who are two divisions up. So you're about to throw Queen's Park as well? They've won all the last three. It's £121.11. <laughs> I'm just, just throwing it out there. Throwing it out there. Seeing where it lands. So if we went Dundee, Race Rovers, Queen's Park and Hearts, that was in. Sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. I need to say £121.11. Aye. Like... Chris, that seems you, nuts. You won you last know week. Yeah, let's go for it. We, have, we, we had a win. We may as well go for a bonkers bet. Why not? And was it Cardle? Joe Cardle, yeah. Yeah. Off the family as first goal scorer. So he might, he might hedge it. That'd be, that'd be nice. All right. A fourfold. Sounds interesting. <laughs> um, I think that's us. Unless there's anything else you guys have got. I'm all empty. 
I like to mention the situation, the food situation at Ibrox, because I often talked about that, and this season we've got a brand new hot dog stall. A gourmet hot dogs. Yeah, we, we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, and I was slated for my comment. Yes. As it was a bit innuendo-like. Yes, I mean, John loves that kind of thing. But, but I do enjoy it. So I went to St. Johnson, uh, watched St. Johnson, looking forward to getting a hot dog. It turns out the Govan rear doesn't have the gourmet hot dog stall. So it might only be the Govan front that has it. I don't know if it's anywhere else in the stadium. So it might only be me that's able to buy a, a rolling sausage for a fiver. <laughs> they do this at Celtic Park as well. There's like bits of the stadium have got, set, have got stalls that nobody else has. There's allegedly a Domino's pizza <laughs> at Celtic Park. <laughs> I was eating grapes. <laughs> Who is selling grapes to football fans? I brought it with me. Oh, right, okay. Grapes. Right, that's, how you, that's how you roll, sitting there, sitting there in my commentary position with a wee packet of grapes. Uh, is that the new prawn sandwich? <laughs> Quite possibly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like a punnet of grapes. Is that a punnet of grapes? I, I want someone to throw at Tom Boyd, who was just down and right from <laughs> me on Celtic TV. <laughs> yeah, you leave Tom Boyd alone. I like Tom Boyd. Hey, wait a minute, is that a weapon? That's a thought, aye, aye. See, see, that's a, it's commentator privilege there. See if you were a regular fan, there's no way you were getting grapes through the door. You, you should see some of the things I've got in my bag. I, I, oh, what? If, like, do you know the bizarre thing? I've been to most grounds in, in the, well, I've been every ground in the, in the top two tiers and a couple below that. The only ground that I've ever had anyone look in my bag was Stenersmuir, Oakle View. <laughs> and you should have seen his face when he was looking at bottles of water. Deodorant, moisturiser, shoe shine. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. A shoe I'm shine. You're looking his face with moisturiser. Yeah, do, do you need shiny shoes for Hearts TV? <laughs> Honestly, the, the stuff in my bag, you'd laugh. It's like a woman's handbag. Oh, shoe polish, wouldn't it? <laughs> face wipes. When are you out? And when do you need shoe polish when you're out, Larry? I just, cause I tend to take the bag. It's my bag that I take with to work. I just change what what's in it a couple of things like obviously I've got my iPad and my notepad for that I stick a couple of work things in it so it's the base of it the, the core you know that's got this is the spine of what I take with me stays the same you know your your your, your man your man bag basics your moisturizers your shoe shines your face wipes <laughs> face wipes it's just makeup remover <laughs> honestly I I was on the way back from a, a game a few weeks ago and fucking Bird crapped on my, <laughs> my suit jacket. Honestly, you shouldn't look at the guy who didn't know me and I whipped out a face wipe and it was clean off. Oh, just like that. <laughs> oh, and a lint roller. You can never go long, wrong with a lint roller as well. What's going on, Laurie? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even joking about any of this. I've only covered about 50% of what's in that bag as well. Don't Ma- tell the stewards. This Don't it, tell the stewards. This is like Mary Poppins. <laughs> it is. There's got a lamp in there. And... It's been said before. It has been said before, actually, at work one day when I spilt some of my bag and I had to empty everything out because my yoghurt burst. And there was just this big line of things on my desk that I'd taken out of my bag. It's, it's 21st century, guys. Come on, get with it. <laughs> I think we should wrap this up. That's a great way to end it, right. <laughs> So I'll say thanks for listening everybody if you've made it this far well done because we have been going quite a while but I hope we've covered just about everything that you would expect us to cover. We certainly covered Rangers a lot more than we have in recent weeks because <laughs> we've had an expert on so that was good. Uh, we've covered 
commentary as well, obviously. Uh, plenty, of, plenty of Hearts discussion. Uh, very little Aberdeen discussion, funnily enough, this week. Yes. Despite the fact they lost <laughs> twice. We should we should remind people that, that Aberdeen did lose twice this week. Humbled. Humbled, twice. yes. Right. The, the wheels have fallen off the wagon, Aberdeen. Bubbles were bursting. Yeah, bubbles bursting everywhere. So, yep. uh, McInnes for the sack. That's that. That's that. I mean, I mean, he did lose the lower league opposition, so how's it? It's amazing he's still on a job. I highlighted the gulf between the two leagues. <laughs> Thanks for having me back. Out. Tune in next week to find out what Derek Ray takes to football on his back. Tune <laughs> 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 yeah, in next week to make sure John's back and to talking about Aberdeen again because I've I've got back to win ways against St Johnson. That's my two one prediction says. Oh. <sighs> yes, and uh, yeah, and uh, I should say thanks for coming back on, Craig. It's it's it's, it's you've been missed, and I'm not just saying that because there has been comments on the on Twitter and on the the, the forum saying that you've been missed. So I paid them to say that. <laughs> Some people miss my boring voice. That's what it is. They, they like to be brought down. They like to be soothed by my monotone voice. This is the time where the Tumbleweed run as well. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I should do that in this week. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, as director of podcasting, you are, of course, always welcome to come back on. Def- I'll definitely so, be back. It's tough. I, de- I enjoyed it. I've, I've got a holiday coming up soon, so you might have to fill in for a few weeks. Oh, wait a minute. Does that mean I need to go back to hosting? <laughs> you, you may well do for a couple of weeks, yeah. Oh, yes, I've been practising. We, we can discuss that off here. <laughs> Okay, so we'll wrap this up. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and thanks for coming on, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. Have you enjoyed this? Right, cheers. Right. We'll, uh, get the cool sh- we'll get the cool shoe shine. <laughs> Bye. That's a good old song, isn't it? Aye, that's what you're going to play out on it, you know? Uh, I, should, I should go and get it, right. <laughs> right, peace out. Bye. Good night. Here you go, get the cool Get the cool shoe shine. Get the cool shoe shine.